0: HawkFanatics.com hawk fanatic it's singular uh, com uh, brought to you by patrick eads and everyone at deary brothers ford lincoln by steve anderson hawkeye title and settlement by premier automotive in north liberty hit a deer call premier by mike's i've got the number by mike's lock and e-keys for cars by gt car and his crew at supersighting and remodeling Buy Supo's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. Buy Big Dog Satellite, Internet, and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, Premier Dish Authorized Retailer, at 338-6600. Buy the Ox Inn and Herteen and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. From HawkFanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy.
1: Well, thanks, Cap. Morning, Pat.
0: Good morning. How are you?
2: Yeah, not bad. Beautiful day out. It is. Got the weekend coming. Got the review story Mm -hmm. out of the way yesterday and kind of went exactly how I think we all Uh, thought it would go. It's interesting to see some of the reaction. I mean, I tweeted yesterday that I was not surprised at all that there was no additional punishments because I've been saying on here, I even wrote, even wrote a column the other day saying that it's clear that a narrative was, isn't Can we all agree on that? That a narrative was developing where it looked like Iowa was hoping that they could most lay most of this on Chris Doyle, maintain the rest of its staff and then move forward saying, Hey, we're going to make changes. Isn't that, but man, that really pissed off a lot of Iowa fans. When I said, said narrative, I mean that report yesterday, everyone's looking at this, like this was a major victory. That report had a lot of disturbing stuff in it it. It did.
1: And, um. the The thing that was encouraging to me was the fact that the current players say that there's been and a I agree big change. with that.
2: But what are they gonna say?
1: Well, I I know. Why wouldn't you
2: interview more former players and current players if you really? I mean, think about that with your scholarship. I get that, but I and I'm just feed giving you some of the feedback I'm hearing from. You know, a lot of these people on Twitter just, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I talk to more than, uh-huh. but I do talk to a lot of different people because sure. of my job and a lot of different people that were there the, and whatever, and I get that, yes, and I've never thought that Kirk should be fired. I've never no. said that. I've never said that I felt Brian should be fired. No. But I am a little surprised that Brian and Seth Wallace didn't have any type of punishment that was worthy enough for them to comment to us, yes, it sounds like they're going to be maybe internal, so, yes. but nothing game suspension-wise, nothing financial. That's all. Oh, do we know that for sure? Well, we asked, Gary was asked that, I mean, and they made it sound like there could be additional stuff moving forward, but I even made my, I even when I asked my question, so Chris is going to be the only one to it looks like, to suffer from a job and a financial. And Gary agreed and nod, and then he answered the rest of the question. And, yeah, I think they may have some internal ref. But, I mean, to me, I thought it would have been nice yesterday to have both those guys issue an apology or something and just say, hey, you know, we're going to learn. But maybe that's just not the way they wanted to do it. But Well, Kirk did apologize. For, yeah, he did, but it would be nice to see Brian and Seth Wallace apologize. I think that would help. Well, and, and
0: maybe they will. Well, maybe they will privately too. Yeah, and if that maybe
2: they have, if that happens too, that's that's fine. But I, but no, all I said was I saw this narrative, and I was told as this story was developing, and that that was going to be the I was going to hope that the fact that they acted quickly, which they did, they got rid of Chris Doyle right away, and I think that really helped kind of tone down the Response from the review I think they're saying because you know, Utah, you can say, Well, look what happened to the Utah uh coordinator, he lost half his salary. Well, Chris Doyle got fired, yeah. So, I'll give I, I'm 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 I acknowledge that. All I'm saying is that I saw this narrative. Chris Doyle, Iowa wants us to believe, was largely responsible for the culture that led to this, right? Okay, and if that's so, then they punished him accordingly, which I yes, wrote my column. That's right. My only concern is. Other players have insisted that it's not just Chris Doyle, that it goes beyond that. It, and I just hope if that's the case, then it doesn't end up backfiring down the road. That's they, all I said. Yeah, they did address that in their report. I know, I read it. I yeah. mean, I, yeah, I mean, they said that there's players that feel this thing goes way beyond Chris, and that he's being, Chris Doyle's not a scapegoat. Because if you look up the definition right, of scapegoat, right. that means somebody's innocent and being taken the fall for others. Chris Doyle's not innocent. No. I get that. There's a ton of charges against way more than Brian Ferentz and what have you. So he's... But, I, I and I think Iowa's strategy worked. I mean, it looks like the majority of the fan base is like, yep, we've got this thing fixed. Now let's just get better moving forward. Brian Ferentz didn't deserve to... And you know, that's right to feel that way, but don't get mad if everybody else doesn't feel no, exactly that it, way. No, of course. I mean, it's unfortunate on my Twitter line this morning, there's a white guy and a black guy just... The white guy's just really pissed off because this black guy still has some suspicion of the culture here in Iowa. Says that it can't be changed by removing one person over two months and just because current players are towing the company line. And
0: this white fan is just getting pissed and calling him lazy, and know, and it's just, it's just unfortunate. But, I mean, it's not all that they did. They've come up with, you know, the committee and the the, the guy overseeing it, and I, I mean...
1: Roderick Benz, you mean? No, but isn't it
2: fair to say, though, that Seth Wallace and Brian Ferentz, at least from what we can tell, got off pretty easy? Well, from what we can tell. Well, what else is there if there are not any game suspensions? Or that's, you know, I'm not saying – but yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying is it they came through this relatively unscathed. No punishment that was enough for them to tell us publicly. I mean, if Brian was going to be suspended for any games, I think they would have announced it yesterday or anything and that's all i'm saying i mean i guess i i don't know that for sure well i mean that's they, a, but when i asked when i asked, two or three questions were asked in the frame that yeah doyle's the one guy taking and they acknowledge yes there's not going to be any further changes or any type of or punish, personnel changes personnel changes or any type of punishment other than internally so to, to, to be suspended for a game or to lose your salary is a lot more than internal suspension yes. my guess is this will be a reprimand and what have you that's all i'm saying i yes. wasn't surprised at that that was the case, I saw this coming. And it seems like fans are pissed because I'm saying I saw but I did see it coming. I told you guys on Wednesday this is what they well, were Well and to, I agreed with you. And it worked. And it worked for Iowa. I get that I just hope this is the right way moving forward. I hope that they have gotten rid of the pro- source of the problem, because if not, it'll come back and it could create. Well, if they don't,
1: we we feel, just hearing from the coaches and hearing from the play, the players that are there now, that there are some positive changes in the short term and that they feel they can be more of themselves yeah, and that they're more comfortable with their environment. Yes, and only time will tell. And only if, time
2: will tell. Like the next time Brian Ferentz gets really pissed off at practice, how's he going to handle that? You know, I mean, well, he's
1: going to be a dick because he is. But there's <laughs> got to be
2: limits, boundaries mm-hmm. to the amount of dickness that he can display. Yes, is that a word? That's not a word, dickness? is it? I think it is. No, but well, let's—I don't and like you where this say is what, What's
1: going to tell? Brian's got an edge.
2: Is that a safe? Yeah, he's—he's. He's, I mean, he's kind of a loud, obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. That's just kind of how he is. I mean, you know, I'm not—not. Not, that's just him.
0: You're leaving now.
2: No, what is that? No, they're not leaving now. They're no, staying now. No, the only time will tell. Oh, that's, ah, oh there you go. Very good. good. That's Hello. good. That was good. <laughs> that is good.
3: Hello. Hola. Yeah, yes, I think they should stagger the coaches and suspend each of them for
0: one non-conference game this year. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> okay
0: whatever. Well,
1: it's a plan. It's a plan.
2: <laughs> I think he's trying to pull one over on us, you know, but – we may be stupid here, but we're aware that they're not playing non-conference games right now.
1: I wish that there were some games played this fall for people to be suspended from. I hope that there are. And I, don't, I mean, I do too. I, mean, I don't think there will be. And if there are, it's going to be one. What do you mean one? One game.
2: Oh, you think the season will shut down after a week?
1: Yeah, I think
2: it'll Yeah, be I'm not much more optimistic wildfire. than Wildfire. The problem is, though, if you say that too much, Tom, then you're a, you know what's going to happen. You just get ripped for being a... Afraid, you know, letting the deep state destroy our life the way we know it, and then, then it just—well,
4: I'm
1: not—I don't don't go on Twitter very much, so I'm not no, seeing. Twitter. Be. I mean, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. That's the narrative right now. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I hope football happens too. I hope it happens this fall, but I'm just not
2: seeing anything. So I don't know how that's going to impact this moving forward with Iowa football. Now I did see one thing yesterday, and I'm gonna—I think I'm gonna write about it today because to me it's very telling about moving forward. Jaleel Johnson tweeted something saw that. And Jill Johnson is an angry pissed off guy in a lot of ways about how he was treated at Iowa, but he's been very adamant in saying that this was a lot of the culture that Chris Doyle was producing. So to me, I got to take him and say Jill Johnson's never said anything bad about Kirk Ferentz, and he's pretty much ignored Brian Ferentz too. It doesn't sound like he had any major issues with Brian Ferentz. Now we have to acknowledge some players have had issues with Brian Ferentz. Yeah, well, that Brian, can't be denied. Brian wasn't his position coach. Jeez. Brian, and but the fact that Jaleel Johnson tweeted that yesterday to me, he's about as genuine and as objective as you can get, and he is a proud, tough black man. If he thought that this wasn't the right way moving forward, I think
4: well, he, he would, would say have said something.
2: That. So I'm gonna, I, I recognize that, and yeah. I'm gonna write. i you know, I'm. Um, Going to write about that today and see that yeah I get that side of it. All I'm saying is that there's two. I don't think there's anything wrong with a Hawkeye fan who still says you know I'm a little suspicious. This just
1: all looks a little too convenient. Let me get give me some time. Is there anything wrong with uh, that? No. And there's some players that are guarded like that. Yes, as Well, and, they, and I've spoken. They to those should players. be. Yeah. Because that's all I'm time will
2: tell. That's all I'm saying. Here you go, captain. Now.
1: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh,
3: yes, Pat. Yes. I just looked in the Urban Scrabble Dictionary, and dickness is a word. It is. What's it mean? dickitude.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. You think there's a there band go. called Dickness, Captain?
0: Yes, I'm going to call our guest. Oh, all right. All right. Well, let's get all this let's stuff. Let's get this out,
2: out of our system. All right, let's dickness. Cl- we're going to cleanse ourselves over yeah, the next fifteen seconds.
0: Now we do realize. Hello. Uh, uh, hello.
1: Hello. Hello, girls. Hi. I'm sorry. What?
3: If sports is going to look like the girls' high school softball tournament like last night, it's not going to last long. What do you mean? They had student sections jumping on each oh, other. Oh, yeah, no. Well, and it, yeah. It, it was it was awful.
4: Yeah.
2: I get you, too. I get, but then what do you say when they get there? I mean, I guess they, maybe they should have done a better job. of so. But, no, we saw a lot of that. That was hit and miss throughout the summer with baseball and softball. Some schools, yes, forced it. Strictly. Yeah. Other schools, yeah, hey, you're on your own. And, you know?
3: It, it, you know, and they kept bragging about how safe they were, and they showed everything before the game like every other bleacher. But mm-hmm. then when they showed the game, the only people wearing masks were the, like the announcers, I think, behind the plate. But um, it was – it was if this fires, like they said, it, it was bad. But uh, I don't know. One other thing real quick is I see – California, there's five kids from California going to go to West Des Moines Dowling. They think it's the best high school program in the Well, I lived in in
2: Beaverdale. I lived in Beaverdale and went to West Des Moines Dowling, so I guess I can see what they're saying. I I know that there's a lineman from Illinois that's transferring uh because Illinois dropped high school football. He's a long snapper and a pretty good lineman. He's going to Dowling. And
0: um, I saw that too. So, where'd you say there's five kids from a high
2: school in California going to Dowling?
0: That's what he said. He's gone. Oh. Uh, but uh, Coach Patterson's on the line.
5: Morning, Coach. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Pat. you
0: Don. How you doing?
2: Haven't well. I spoke to you briefly on the phone yesterday. It's been it's been a while since we've last spoken. And
1: Tom, what has happened since we've last spoken? Gosh, h- hardly anything. So, are you uh, kind of staying in your cave, Donnie?
5: Yes, I have been. I've been um, very much at home. I've been really occupied a lot in the past. I don't know, maybe three weeks now with um analytics from last fall, I'm just about to wrap that up and get that report into um to uh, iowa football so um nice that's been enjoyable for me i've It's always fun to to really put um a football season under the micro under the microscope mm-hmm. and figure out things that other teams do not know about themselves and that's really the purpose of all this research and it's been fascinating really i've got i got uh, 10 different parameter combinations that produced 97% winning last year uh that's out of a potential 23 different parameters to zero in on parameter pairs that produce that kind of winning percentage records are anywhere from 38 and one to 28 and one so that doesn't guarantee winning but you're getting awfully close when sure. you hit 97 percent.
2: so don how optimistic are you that there's going to be a fall football season of some kind with maybe no fans in the say how optimistic are you
5: i'm optimistic just because i i think strictly in terms of finances the adelaide department needs money and uh I realize we're not going to generate as much revenue with a stadium. That's only a third full, but, but that's still better than no revenue at all. And, and of course that still allows for, for television and a lot of revenues to be made over the, over the year with TV. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I do think that it's going to involve more players than normal because I, I think it's inevitable that you're going to have a guy test positive here and there. And, and, um, and I guess he's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. So I do think you're going to see more, more, uh, more freshmen play than normal, and um, and heaven forbid that there be some kind of significant outbreak. Uh, the one thing that gives me hope: the coronavirus, as you guys know, does not affect young people like it does uh, oh, those of us in true. the older <laughs> age groups.
4: Yes.
5: Uh, so I do think that it's certainly possible at some point in the fall that. Uh, herd immunity really does come into play for some of these um, some of these football programs, and by that I mean the vast majority of the players at one point or another, either they've already been infected or they will be infected. A lot of them don't even know they've been infected, and um, and the only thing going forward that to me is critical. I, I do realize you, as I understand it, you do develop antibodies after you've been infected. At least some people do; most people do, and that'll of course prevent you from from um maybe getting it um a second time
4: or at least dying from it yeah
5: but yeah i do think here's what i'm here's the bottom line those young people that are in school that are um maybe exposed to the virus they just got to be very very careful Mm -hmm. around parents and even more so grandparents
4: yes uh you know protect
5: the older the older age groups and if we do that, I think we'll be okay.
2: What about their coaches? I mean, Iowa's got three coaches. I Well, I mean, Ken will be 68. Kirk will be 65 tomorrow. Ken will be 68, I believe, later this month. Do you worry a little bit about the age of the coaches and them being exposed, on? How do you guard against that? Just, you just... Uh, yeah,
5: yeah, that's that's a good point. And I think it's um, – hopefully the coaches will be able to get this done. You think about it, in an open-air environment like a practice <laughs> field. True. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be that hard to keep social distancing from players. You, you know, you really you really shouldn't be up in a player's face anyway. So whatever comments you're going to make as a coach, make them from a little bit of distance, uh, maybe more than six feet. And, um, and uh, of course, be diligent with your – if you're in an office setting, of course, be diligent to wear a mask in the presence of others no. uh, to prevent that opportunity for getting the virus.
1: Uh, Donnie, I guess one of my biggest concerns about uh, having a season of any kind is football is a little bit different. I mean, the good news is, is, is it's outdoors when they play the games for the most part. That is good news. Right. But every single play, the players are right in each other's faces. They're touching. They're pushing. They're they're breathing hard. They're, you know, still You know talking uh, loudly you know there's just a lot of contact how are they going to be able to i mean i just don't see how it keeps from becoming a forest fire
5: yeah you're right well i don't think masks are realistic because it's going to be very difficult to play football and breathe with a mask on but i do Mm -hmm. think that visors uh, do make a lot of sense especially for linemen as you mentioned Mm -hmm. Those linemen are firing off against each other, and they're up in each other's face, and that's just the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. So I think, it's a bare minimum, the the, uh, the players, in in so many cases, will wear visors. I I, I think I don't know that I haven't talked to anybody uh, as it relates to to all of that, but that just makes some sense that that you do need to protect um, the opposing player. Uh, as best you can, and that Mm -hmm. means wearing a a mask. I guess it protects yourself, too. Of course, it goes in both directions, so um, I I should say a visor, not a mask. I think a visor Mm -hmm. makes sense, and a mask does not.
2: Uh, Agreed. Okay, well, let's shift to the obvious story from yesterday. Donnie, Um, you were an assistant coach here for 20 years under Hayden Fry, and I know you're you still work with Iowa football right now, and you're very close with Kirk and whatever. Just, we, Don, we haven't spoken to you since all this stuff broke. It's been two crazy months. Just your thoughts on what happened yesterday and Iowa's plan for moving forward.
5: Well, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that that um, things are going to improve. I think they already have improved. I think it's been stated by a lot of players that the culture has changed for the better. Um You know, Chris was um, a really powerful presence. Uh, I think a lot of people considered him to be an assistant head coach. You know, he certainly had Kirk Sear. Kirk um, um, respected what Chris had to say about any number of subjects, and and rightfully so, because he was an expert in terms of strength and conditioning. Uh, The fact that he's out of the picture does change things, because it it does appear uh, at the very least that, that Chris was um um verbally abusive to to players, um maybe of, of all shades of skin. But I'm not not sure about all that. Of course I'm not in the weight room and mm-hmm. don't know all that, but I think things have improved. Um I do hope those coaches that have have um have had conduct that's not ideal as far as player coach relationships. I hope they those individuals take this as a real wake up call. Um you know changes do need to be made um, on the part of more than just Chris Doyle, and I think those those things are probably going to happen. I know the thing I used to always mention to, to my coaches, and I think it really solved a lot of the issues, I always demanded to the coaches, you will treat your players as if they're your own children, and you do not favor one child over another. And in that regard, you don't favor one player over another either. You treat them all the same. I used to tell them, I don't care if you're uh, black, white, or green, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, the player that plays the best will play the most. Mm -hmm. And the player that's second to him in terms of performance, he'll play more than anybody other than the starter. That's just how it's going to work. And if you don't understand that this is a team sport, and I used to go to the trouble of actually putting my finger toward any individual player, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about any of you. It's not about me. It's not about Hayden Fry. Uh, You know, if we don't understand that, Uh, If we don't come to that understanding as player and coach, we're not going to get along. So please understand when we have a big win, if I'm not celebrating in the locker room, it's because I'm observing who is not happy in that locker room because that is a very telling sign. If you're not happy, then you're not a team player. And uh, in that regard, um, you know, recognize your teammates as as, um, family members regardless of skin tone. Mm -hmm. And uh, you simply don't see color. And a lot of people say that's impossible not to see color. Well, I put it this way. You don't treat people differently based on skin tone. Yeah, that's you what you treat them mean. all the same.
2: Yeah, I mean you, obviously you see color. It's how you react you to what you see. And Don, that's interesting you make the comparison with parents and raising a kid. Because I remember my father used to discipline me, used to criticize me, used to but he never demeaned me or made fun. You know what I mean? And I think there's a line you can cross, right, Don? And one thing I've done since this story broke was talk to a lot of former players under you guys with you know, under Iowa from the during the Hayden times. Black, white, multiple players. And to a man, not one of them said they ever felt that they were bullied, demeaned, or anything because of who they were. What was it about Hayden and obviously the coaches he surrounded him with, Don? I mean, Hayden had this unique gift, it seems like. He was able to create an environment up here in which it was inclusive. Everybody felt they were treated equal. Now, I'm sure some players left unhappy.
5: And that's only natural. Oh, of course.
2: But for the most part, Don, you were there. What was Hayden's secret? What would, what did he do?
5: Well, you got to realize Coach Fry grew up uh, – from an economic standpoint, a, a family that certainly at the most was average income, maybe mm-hmm. less than average income. So in in many ways, he grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, and uh, in that regard, uh, you know, he, he gained an appreciation for uh, black students, black friends, as well as white friends. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um that carried forward through all those years of course it was a very daring move on his part to give Jerry LeVios a scholarship but he he thought how ridiculous is this that the best players in the state of Texas have to leave the state to play football that's that's ridiculous that that would happen and and um he um he thinks Jerry LeVios is the first one because he had to be exceptional not just in terms of playing ability but exceptional in terms of a personality and and a, a true student athlete in every sense of the word and Jerry Levasseur was a great ambassador for uh, for the the integration of the the black athlete into the Southwest Conference. And Coach Fry, of course, received death threats as a result of that. Uh, and we have made progress in terms of racism through all these years. I I'd, I'd argue with anyone that we haven't made progress. Oh, I agree. Um, but there's still more progress to be made, and we're in the process of trying to get that done um, as a society, as a as a group mm-hmm, of people. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Coach Fry. I think the players had a a real appreciation that Coach Fry um, um, was not a. He didn't have a racist bone in his body. You know, he didn't. Uh, he had. He treated all the players the same as best he possibly could. I'm sure he had a few favorites versus others, um, simply because they had the right kind of personality and and that sort of thing. But the bottom line, just as I mentioned about. Treating your children—children children are all different, but you still treat them the same. Sure. Here's the best way to explain what that what that treatment process is. Two word description would uh, would a, would define a great parent and also define a great coach: tough love. That's what it is. Tough love. You, you're demanding of those student athletes, just like you should be demanding of your children. But uh, let it, let it be understood that. You know, I'm I'm correcting you because I care about you and I want you to do better. And um um too many parents nowadays are interested in being uh their buddy you know, their son or daughter's buddy. Parents should not be buddies, parents should be parents and and um they are in charge. I, I jokingly used to Tell Brooke sometimes when she was a small child it's because you're the you're the kid not the dad that's why we're going to do it this way and and uh, i'm doing we're doing it this way because i know it's the right way to be done sure uh tough love that's the description of a a a great coaching relationship uh you're demanding but you're fair and you and under no circumstance do they not understand that you care about them much as you would your own children um You know, I used to tell people I've got one daughter and 100 sons. And as a head coach, (laughs) that's how I felt. Uh, You know, every one of those players, and and I'm so grateful when when birthdays come around, I'm so grateful for all those players that reach out to me. It means a lot to me because it it tells me that we had good relationships, Mm -hmm. and those relationships have stood the test of time. So, um, you know, hopefully these coaches that are coaching now – will have that same kind of relationship with their former players 20 and 30 years from now, because that don't mean they did it the right way.
1: So, Donnie, in the course of your long coaching career, excellent coaching career, did you have uh, these type of racial disparities ever come up? Did you ever have some of your black players come up and, and talk to you and say, I don't feel like I am being treated the same as my white teammates?
5: You know, as a head coach, I I, I would have players come to me sometimes, uh, both black and white, and say, Coach, I think you as a head coach, you have a real appreciation for me as a student-athlete, but I don't know that my position does. You know, I heard that more than a few times over all these years of coaching, uh, and my response is, is I don't think that's the right perception. And I I used to explain it this way. You can have the attitude that you're being picked on, uh, but that's the wrong attitude to have. You can have the attitude that you're a victim, uh, that you deserve to be. It was never about mistreatment, though. It was just simply always about playing time. You know, Mm -hmm. a a player would say, I I think I deserve more playing time, and I think you have an appreciation for me in that regard, but I don't think my coach does. And I would always put it back on them uh, because it simply wasn't true. I said, you can have the attitude that you're a victim, that you're getting screwed, but that's incorrect. Uh, the right attitude to have is I'll show him. He doesn't have an appreciation for me yet. He still thinks the other players better. I'll show him. I'll show him by how well I practice, how well I prepare. And uh, and I, I think I've told this story before. I don't know if i told it on the air, but but one of my favorite players from years ago, and it's somebody that played tight end that lives here in Iowa now. I think you know who that is. Uh, Mark Cook was talking to my team at Western Illinois one time, and he said, I want to tell you about an experience I had with my old coach. He said I was a young player at Iowa, and I thought I deserved more playing time. And uh, I went to the coach, and I told him that, and I and uh, he said I, I just was um, frustrated that I wasn't playing more. And, and I thought this is silly that I have this attitude that I'm being picked on, because my coach has already told me you simply have to become a more consistent player, a better player. You've got good players in front of you that have more experience. And and Mark said to our team, he said a funny thing happened. He said, you know, I took out all my frustrations about lack of playing time as a young player, and I put that into positive energy. When I got frustrated, I went to the weight room and I lifted more weights. I went for a run. I, I studied video of my opponent. I did something constructive. I played uh, around round pick up basketball against someone. I did something to improve my feet, my, my uh, mentality for the game, my understanding of the game. And he said, you know, a funny thing happened. The harder I worked, the more that old coach liked me. And he said, oh, by the way, that old coach is your head coach now. And he was right. I wasn't better than those other players when I was young. Uh, Now I understand that. I didn't understand it as a player. But the challenge for any player, if he feels like he's not properly appreciated by his coach, is to do something about it. Don't take the attitude that you're a victim. Show him beyond any reasonable doubt that you are the better player, uh, that you do have the proper work habits. Nobody likes a guy that wants to, um, to whine about not getting enough playing time. Go out and prove the coach wrong. If the coach doesn't understand it then prove him wrong. And uh and you've heard me say before in early season games I'd always remind the coaches, listen, two weeks ago you weren't even sure who the starter is, so now that we've got a got a game here in September don't forget about that backup. Maybe you were wrong. Maybe the other guy's a better player. Give him a chance to prove it. It's going to be a hot, humid day anyway. Those backups need to play to keep the starters fresh. So let's find out for sure who the better player is. Hey, I, in the, and typically, of course, those September games were non-conference games. And if you found out that the backup was the better player, then the change was made.
2: Hey, Don, uh, one thing... Um that was interesting that i heard from talking to former players both black and white under hayden is that and they they weren't saying this in a negative way in any way almost in a complimentary way that hayden sometimes would maybe almost go out of his way to make the black players comfortable here because he knew they were coming from just completely different cultures and backgrounds and for a lot of them it was the first time they were around in a community that was predominantly white and they said that he just had a unique way of doing it It was subtle but that he did it without offending any but that and that the black players when they got here they realized man this guy's got our back he really does
5: yeah that's true uh that's very very true you know coach fry he's just a very astute observer you know of, of people and um and he i think he recognized talk about a transition and um, you know, an example we're all familiar with is Ronnie Harmon, mm-hmm. you know, coming from Queens, New York, all of a sudden you're in rural Iowa. All of a sudden you're very definitely a minority uh, on the campus. And for that matter in the town and, and um, those are adjustments that, that need to be made. And, and um, coach, I was always sensitive to that. He would just simply always uh, be a good listener. You know, he would, he would ask the players how they're doing and he'd listen to what they said and, they felt comfortable talking to him. I think because they felt like he always did have time for them, and um, uh, you know, no no player was going to pull the wool over Coach Fry's eyes if if he came up with some crazy story, you know, about things. Coach Fry would investigate, of course, but he would in his own gentle way. He'd let them know, you know, you if you think your coach is being unfair toward you because of your your uh, your background and your and your Tone, then you're simply wrong, and I can point that out to you. And I can, for that matter, I can put you in touch with teammates that will verify, verify what I'm telling you that you're not quite as good as the other player. That's why you're second team. So understand this, and I always went to great pains to explain this to players. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being third team, there's nothing wrong with that, unless you should be better than that. So you be the best damn player you can be, and if you're third team, then be proud of that fact that you're two plays away from being in the game. Uh, The mentality always has to be, of course, those two guys in front of me may go down on consecutive plays. So I have to be ready, and there are all kinds of examples. One of my favorites is Anthony Dean. You guys remember Anthony Dean? Yeah. Uh, We're playing Wisconsin. Dane and Hughes set the uh, career receiving record for receptions against Wisconsin, and then in that same game, sprains his ankle. And all of a sudden, Anthony Dean's in the game playing against Wisconsin and. The only people that even knew Anthony Dean was were the players and coaches. And the fans didn't know because Anthony Dean hardly played at that point in time, but he was ready. And he, caught, as you probably remember, he caught a couple of key passes mm-hmm. on the last drive, he yep. got the touchdown pass, and then turned around and caught the two-point play. Uh, and he wasn't even a starter going into that game. He hardly played at all. So <clears throat> that's an example that I always cite. You, you have to be ready for your opportunity. You have to understand that your, your obligation to your team is to be the best M13 player you can be. for that matter, the best scout team player you can be, because we need all of you. We need all 127 of you, or however many were on the team at that moment. Uh, Donnie, and, we... uh, Coach Fry had a good he had a good night for that too. He was in the locker room after practice. So were we. And that guy that was a scout team player, we honored scout team players every week of the season with how they performed. And those players understood. If the offense is going to play well this weekend, it's got to be because of the Scout team defense. And if we don't give them a good picture of the Ohio State defense, then we're going to be in trouble on Saturday afternoon. Those Scout team players took that very, very seriously, and they did the very best uh, to um, emulate that team that we're going to play on Saturday.
1: Donnie, we, we had the opportunity to interview Ronnie Harmon uh, a number of weeks ago, and uh, he said a couple things that uh, sort of surprised me, I guess. Number one is that uh, he did almost he did want to leave Iowa at one point because he was not happy with About the with the position yeah, it was
2: switch. Football. It had nothing to do with you know racism right. or anything. No, nothing.
1: So wh- wh- take us through th- that time and uh, when you guys did decide to switch uh, Ronnie Harmon's position and see and do you recall? Uh, Ronnie's reaction and what it was like at the time.
5: Well, the thing that comes to mind for me, you know, that's why it's so important, as soon as the players get on campus, that you explain to them football is the ultimate team sport. You know, you can't win with
3: 20 or 30. Don, sports. we're
2: losing you. Don. We're losing the connection, Don. Yeah.
5: Can you hear me? Now, me I can. Yeah. now I can. Yeah, now we're help. back yeah, to where we were.
1: Yeah, that's much yep. better.
5: Yep. Much better. Okay. Football's the ultimate team sport. Uh, and you know, if you're the if you're the the last of the scout team players on the team, you're still important. Or is it related to a really gifted player as a young player like Ronnie? Ronnie, you're not quite um, in position to help us at running back as well as a couple other backs. I think we had a guy named Owen Gill that was pretty good at that time. That comes to mind. Uh, on the other hand, Ronnie, you need to be on the field. You need to help us. Can you help us as a receiver? Uh, so the bottom line, you have to be unselfish. You have to. You have to put your team ahead of yourself. And I think it was difficult for Ronnie to do that as a young teenager. Uh, I think he struggled with that. But ultimately, of course, he did help us a lot as a young player, as a receiver, and then made the transition, of course, into running back and left Iowa as one of the greatest backs we'll ever have. Uh, So, um, you know, you just continually hammer home with the players. It's not about you. It's about the team. And if you don't understand that, then you should have been a tennis player or a golfer you know, so you could just stand on your own merits. But you you chose football, so understand, you know, when you're on the field out there playing, um, you know, your success is going to be largely tied into how those other ten players are doing their job, too. And for that matter, those players that are preparing you during the week, those players are just as important in a different way as you are.
2: But I I will say one thing about Ronnie even if he was unhappy playing receiver he never seemed to let it affect his performance on the field i mean he was a great receiver as a freshman and sophomore
5: yes he was but i think sometimes you know you can imagine if you're the star player on your high school team uh and you're getting the ball every down as a back let's say uh you know it's difficult for you to believe that somebody might be better prepared to take those snaps than you but if you're a a young player uh, that still doesn't really know the offense as well as you need to, that might be the case, you know, maybe you're um, and maybe it's simply um a question of where the needs are to support the team, you know, and that was a prime example. Ronnie could help us at receiver. he was not in quite as good a position to help us at running back at that point in time. I know that'd be hard for people to believe, but but um the bottom line is that we need to get the best. 22 players out there to play the most those 11 on offense 11 on defense and for that matter of course typical game in the big 10 back then i think we traveled 70 maybe at that time but 60 of those 70 would play in the game now maybe some of those some of those 60 would only get five snaps a game maybe all five snaps were in the kicking game mm-hmm. but those five snaps can make a difference too i just remember the stat here i was looking at it yesterday for the last five years in the Big Ten, if you score a touchdown in the kicking game, the odds of you winning are seventy eight percent. Uh just to be able to score a touchdown in the kicking game gives you a high winning percentage. Same thing could be said for scoring on defense. It's about the same percentage, about seventy seventy eight percent. Uh so uh, those five snaps you're playing as a as a as a guy covering kicks and punts, those are important too or maybe you're blocking for that kick returner. Uh-huh. Let's not forget about Smith-Marcel last year against Nebraska. Nebraska was in position to win that football game. They scored a touchdown to tighten the score, and a few seconds later we got another seven yeah, points on the board. That was huge. Uh, and and Amir had a lot to do with that. That was a wonderful return, but he also had blocking, and those blocks do matter. And, of course, those guys are always the unknown um Unknown heroes on the team, those guys that are marking and tackling.
2: Don, I wanted to ask you let's talk uh, actually a little football on the field. I mean, Spencer Petrus is the front runner to replace Nate Stanley, but I mean, just looking at Iowa's personnel. Assuming there's a season. I mean, there's a lot to like about this team. I mean, obviously, you always have uncertainty with the quarterback situation, so that's a concern. But, I mean, Tyler Goodson, the receivers. I think Sam Laporte is an emerging tight end. Very experienced. They get the transfer from Indiana who started 40 games at left. Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, he's a consensus. I mean, I just saw PPF had him as a top 50 NFL draft choice coming out as a third-year sophomore. There's a lot to like about this team, right, 2020?
5: Yeah, there really is, and the, the advice I would give Spencer, uh, you know, Spencer, you just need to be able to make all the routine plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to make you don't have to make all the difficult plays. Uh, I used to explain it this way, and I think this is a good way to explain it to kids nowadays because of all the video games that are out there. Uh, I remember one time with a quarterback who is playing in the NFL right now. Uh, his name, I'll tell you his name. His name's Tim Boyle. He, he's the backup for the Packers right now. I coached him at UConn. And one time with Tim, who can throw a ball really well, I said, Tim, please understand, you don't get you don't get bonus points for f- fitting the football into a tight spot. Throw it to the guy that's open. That sounds simple, but that's good advice. Throw it to the guy that's open. Make your reads and keep the ball away from those other guys. Um, and uh, you, I'm not going to give you extra points for fitting the ball into a really tight spot. This is not a video game. It's a football game. So keep the ball away from the opponent throw the ball to the guy that deserves it the most. Obviously, you factor in down in distance. If it's fourth down and 17, and we're going to have to go for it to win this football game, you might be forced to put the ball into a tight spot then because you can't throw the ball very far short of those chains, of course. So, you know, you got to factor that in. But the bottom line is, uh, for Spencer, it's just make all the routine plays. If you're able to make some special plays, some spectacular plays, that's great, but you don't have to. you got too many good teammates around you. Just get it to the guy that's most deserving of the ball. And um, if you do that, and rely on your defense. Uh, Phil Parker had another successful defense. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, our defense uh, led the Big Ten in red zone scoring defense again. Uh, we gave up less than three points per opportunity when the other team hit the red zone. That's number one in the conference. Uh, so that's something to be very proud of. I know Phil is going to take all of this information uh, and uh, and share it with the players because they take great pride in being the best at what they do. And um, and for that matter, if the offense doesn't rate quite as highly as the defense, then that's their challenge is of course to do a better job of of holding up their end of the bargain. <laughs> so that's what we have to look forward to. And and um, and that's the way I would explain things to Spencer. Spencer, the team is not. You don't have to carry the weight of the world, you know. You're you're the guy taking snaps, but your job is simply to get the ball to the guy that deserves it the most.
2: So you're kind of saying what you think Brian Ferentz should be telling him as the offensive coordinator. That's what you would be doing as the – you're kind of – and Ken O'Keefe, of course, the two of them. I mean, Spencer has both right. of those and guys. And for
5: that matter, Kirk. And you Kirk, know? Okay. for that matter, Kirk. Maybe Kirk, during the course of the game, reminds Spencer, hey, Spencer – Um, you know, just relax. you got great teammates. Just get the ball to them. For that matter, don't take chances with the football. We've got a defense that's going to give us good field position. That's going to keep us in the game. Just be sure you don't shoot shoot yourself in the foot. You know, shoot your team in the foot uh, by what you do with the ball. Protect the football. Turnover margin is a very important stat that will not change. Uh, And that's something we've been putting on good at through the years. I'm Mm -hmm. glad to see that turnover margin. Turnover margin alone, just give you an idea, I think it was 81%. If you just had any edge on turnovers, you won 81% of the time last fall. Wow. Very Um, timely. crazy. So that's a a good stat to have on your side. Yes.
2: Hey, um, Don, I got one last question I wanted to ask you. And you've known Kirk Ferentz for a long time. You've worked together. I know you have a lot of respect for him, and you come on here. and I mean, you critique the football team, but you really have a lot – has this been tough on you? I mean, just what's this been like for you to kind of watch this thing unfold? Because I looked at Kirk yesterday, and he just looked like a guy who's been through a lot, which he has. Just your thoughts as a friend. I mean, has this been
5: tough? Yes, it has been tough. And and uh, um, I think there's nobody better positioned to to um, to get us through this than Kirk. Um, the one thing I was confident that would come out of all this is the players have great respect for Kirk. Mm-hmm. They know that Kirk does care about him. They know that Kirk is a compassionate person and a good person. We all know that that know him well uh you know he's disappointed that um that it's that he's discovered that we could have done a better job in the past, but he's determined to get it right, and I'm confident that he's the right guy to do that. Uh, the players like and respect Kirk. I've always told people, I learned this in leadership a long time ago at West Point, if you're in any any kind of position of leadership, there are two things that have to be in your favor uh, among those that, that work under you. You have to be liked, and you have to be respected. Mm-hmm. One out of two is not good enough. You must be liked, you must be respected. Those players like Kirk, and they respect Kirk. And that gives him a great chance to to do uh, an incredible job of leading this team forward.
2: Well said, Donnie. Really appreciate touching base with you again. It's always fun. And let's hope we have a football season again this fall so we can start
1: doing our monday show because i know our listeners love that and tom do you have anything else i know just uh stay safe yeah, stay and safe. we really look forward to talking to you again in you know two three four weeks whenever that is when we get a little closer to whatever the football season looks like okay thanks donnie appreciate it Yeah,
5: let's go you bet let's keep our fingers crossed yes uh we need football uh it'll yep. be a great relief to all the other problems that we have all from right. a societal standpoint let's Let's um, let's get reconnected with college football. Sounds I agree, good. Donnie. Thanks. Sounds great, Donnie. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks.
1: Bye-bye. Always great to talk to Donnie. And you
2: can tell this has been tough on him. Yeah. He's a Hawkeye, yeah. and he's a good friend with Kirk. But as you notice what he said early in the thing, that, you know, yeah, they've made some changes, but they need to make change. I think he kind of – you know, some assistant coaches got to kind of change the way they've yeah. been doing some things. And I th- – I think everyone knows that now. It's out there now. And, I, and
1: Kirk alluded to that I, yesterday. I, we, that yes. It's a great chance for everybody to get better. Well, because I asked him, and mm-hmm. of
2: course, people when I asked him, people were watching the thing, and they accused me of wanting Brian Ferencz to get fired because I had the nerve to ask Kirk, do you believe that your son, Brian, has learned from this? Has he learned, and will this lead... And Kirk's like, I hope everyone. But I was. It's amazing when I asked, Oh, that's just Hardy with an agenda, just wants Brian out. of I mean, I thought it was a great question. I didn't. I, I mean, I just. It's amazing what some people will just interpret or spin to fit a narrative. When I mean, I agree with Donnie. I think Kirk's the best guy to move yeah, this thing forward right now. And, I do too. But I also don't think that two months and the removal of
1: one person changes a culture. No, no. A culture can't change that quickly no. unless everybody gets fired then you'd have a different but they
2: didn't do that no they got rid of one
1: person but it's it's sounds like they're trying that they're trying and that well it's out now good steps it's out now everything's out in the open everything everything's exposed now they
2: don't have another chance to conceal anything it's out there now so that's different now and we've said this before from that respect kirk's career will never be the same again i mean it's it's, wouldn't you agree he's lost a little bit of power?
1: Yes, but there's also the possibility that things will elevate because of this too.
2: Yeah, there's always that possibility. Yeah. I just What's going to be interesting to see is how recruiting goes over the next three to five years, especially with minority. Can we agree with, with black players? That's, of course. That's going to be the real challenge for them. And I hope it works out well because I don't want to see Kirk leave – Under a cloud. Under a cloud or Uh -uh. with the programming collapse. Again, I don't want that at all. But sometimes people can't separate the two that, yes, you can have some suspicions and not
1: just agree with everything they're doing, but still want them to succeed. And I think we, at least I feel good about the fact that none of the recruits for the next class have left. left. I think that is a good sign. I mean, it's not a bad sign. Yeah, no, Uh it definitely helps. Hello?
3: Hey, good morning. Morning. Uh, Appreciate the show. Um, I watched uh, the press conference yesterday, and I did listen to the other radio station last night and listened to Todd and Alex kind of analyze it, and they went really negative right away. And I just have a couple comments, and I'll hang up. One of the things that they said disturbed them that was one of the players, and I think they said it was on page six, Said that this was not just about Chris Doyle. That
2: yeah, there was a yeah, there yes. was a part of the report that said that. Yep.
3: Yeah, it was systemic, and that that was the first time I heard it, and it makes sense. And the other thing, and this isn't criticizing either Gary Barter or Kirk Clarence, is when something like this happens, your first instinct is to protect yourself and your position. Exactly. That's just yes. a Natural it's human, yeah, it's a of Human course. reaction. Yes. In, in Kirk's case. He's got a son on the staff.
2: Exactly. And as
3: a parent, your first response is to protect your child. Exactly. And uh-huh. I think Mike Michael asked a question yesterday, and I've heard it asked before, and I didn't really like the way it was answered. He said, "How, Gary, how, how are you as the athletic director and Kurt as the head coach, how could you not be aware of all this going on? And I'll hang up and listen.
2: Well, we've discussed that. Now, Gary, I can understand. If Gary's not hearing anything from Kirk and nobody's going to Gary to say what's going on in the weight room, he's not there. I mean, no. Gary says he goes to practice maybe once a week. That one I can sort of, that's been my biggest issue with Kirk is the fact that he allowed this to happen. And he's acknowledged that. He said he had a blind spot. Kirk is not perfect. A a big blind spot. Big blind spot. And he has paid a price. His legacy is tarnished now. This is part of his story. Maybe he can revive it again. I hope it does happen. But that's a fair question. And yeah, page six of the report did have a former mm-hmm. player say that it's systematic. Now the counter, which people—that's well, one former player. Countless others have said there wasn't that. I get that, but there—I mean,
1: it's clearly though th- there's there were some problems here, and they ne- they appear to be fixing or heading in the right direction to fix. the problem. I agree, they're heading in the
2: right but direction. I-, I mean, I mean, we're I mean we're talking about a culture where. Three months ago, blacks sat at one table and whites sat at another table. Yeah,
1: and that thats just, I'm that not saying, just isn't good.
2: I'm not saying it needs to be like a checkerboard and just, you know, blacks need to come in holding hands with whites. and. All right,
1: now we're going to go, okay, we're going black, white, black, yeah, white, black, white. I'm not white. saying it needs to be that, no. but the fact that
2: it would f- kind of work its way out that way to where one... And, That wasn't healthy, and somebody should have recognized that. And we've talked about this, Ed nauseum. Kirk should have recognized that. In fairness to Kirk, he's acknowledged that. He's taken accountability, saying, I had a blind spot. This is my fault. And one of his best friends and lifelong confidence and the guy who helped build this program, is fired, gone. They've that, that to me was a significant step. I'm willing to acknowledge that. Yes, I'll, but like I said, where I got into trouble with Iowa fans yesterday is when I said I this was a narrative that they just what this caller said. Kirk was going to first save himself. You damn right he was going to. You you know, and then he was going to save his son. I get it. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But it's like some people, if you acknowledge that, they get mad and think that oh, you what are you suggesting? What are you? I, and, I
1: think by by saving himself, Kirk thinks he's.
2: Saving the Iowa – helping well, save the Iowa program. I think that's part of it, but he's also saving himself. Oh, he's sure. a human being. I mean, we're all selfish in a little bit. I think, yes, I think there's two parts. Damn it, this is my legacy. I've worked my ass off for all these years. I'm going to fix this thing. Yes. And I think there's that. And then, yes, and then his son, Brian, 37 years old, possibly going to be the next head coach. I don't see that happening now. Gary was asked about that, and the question that was the person who ha- – some people were upset that that question was asked to I don't have a problem with that question. Do you? Uh, no.
0: I think um, some of your compatriots uh, were disappointed with the report that heads didn't roll. It sounded quite obvious. Uh, see, that's listened- not me. I'm not saying no, heads didn't roll. No, no. no. To roll. no, no. But if I, was- I listened to 20 minutes of uh, 1600. See, I didn't hear it yesterday. I, 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 I purposely uh, mm-hmm. listened to it. And Look at Captain uh, doing a little research, yeah, doing a little yeah. prep for the show. It sounded like they were disappointed. You should have called in his fake Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, we have got a call? Yes. We're
2: going to call her. wait through this? Yes, we we still
1: have plenty of time. We've got a half,
2: over half an hour to digress. We
1: haven't taken our break yet either. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead.
3: Hey, it's a Nazi mess guy. Uh, <laughs> Pat, were you uh, surprised that Kirk went into a little detail with Akram uh, maybe um, a just, little
2: bit but I think Kirk is so fed up with that and I think he's so tired of I mean the 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 meal ticket thing Akram has not helped this thing and you know yeah. and I and I feel and for Akram's the black mom has they have helped not this. helped this thing they've hijacked this message I was a little surprised because that's usually not Kirk but even Kirk has his breaking point I think Kirk finally said you know enough of this this is what really happened and I'm not saying that Akram Wiley didn't face some racial stuff at Iowa he probably did no he probably did, I. Correct. But but no, I'm not surprised at all that Kirk. I no, I, I I am a little surprised that Kirk went there. But then as he started talking, I get it. I get what he's like. Enough of this. Let's nip this narrative in the bud. I'm tired of it.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, it, yes, he might. Yes, he probably faced some racial stuff. Sure, he did. But that's not what the main bitch was about. When he came out, he said that uh, Kurt uh, hurt his chances in the NFL. No, that was
2: more his mom said that. Right? Yeah, yeah his mom. Well, that was his mom's narrative. So does that answer your question, caller?
6: Yeah, did you did you know anything about the XFL, Kirk trying to help him get in the XFL? I mean, I've heard that... stuff.
2: I didn't know that specific, and you know, and when you, okay. until you hear it from Kirk, you don't know how much you believe, but there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that suggested that maybe the relationship wasn't quite as bad as Akron was projecting it now. Right. And it just looked like they were trying to hijack a narrative for personal gain beyond. All James Daniels wanted was change within... The culture of Iowa, and that's starting to happen. And fair enough. And fair enough, James Daniels. What I was just worried that Akram and all that stuff, the Robert Green, who I I just thought that they were hijacking the message for personal gain, and now it looks obvious. And I think with what Kirk said yesterday, yeah, I I believe Kirk in this case. Yeah.
6: No, thank you. You bet. Thank you.
2: No, that was an interesting part of it, Kirk. You could just tell. Kirk's whole tone changed. He let the question be asked, and then I, you could almost say see it clicking and it said, all right, this is it. I'm going to take care of this narrative.
1: Um, also, looking at some of the the complaints by some of the, the black players, it's it's interesting to me that, it, that I noticed that a lot of the running backs were some of the most vocal. Uh, Derek Mitchell, uh, Marcel Jolly, Jolly uh, Akram, Akram Wadley. Wadley. Um what about Jordan Canziri? Has he said anything? He's nothing.
2: I, I remember he did tweet a voice of, if I remember it was a vote of confidence for the players, but it was not, he hasn't been on like a soapbox. Like, and, but no, that, that, that's interesting. And I just, like I said, I, I just feel bad for James Daniels in that. I don't think James had any ulterior motive besides getting the culture change. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's fair to say that, a lot of these guys wanted Doyle out. I mean, doesn't that seem oh, obvious? Oh, clearly. I think James Daniels, without actually saying it, I think he wanted Chris Doyle out. I think James – He did everything but say it. Yeah, so. and I don't think James has any issues with Brian Ferentz. Brian was his position coach. And, but I think that was part of it. But that, in fairness to Iowa, that was done right away. And I think that probably did help a lot going into that review. They're like, hey, look what we've already done. We've already got rid of our strength and conditioning coach, maybe the best in the country. We fired him; he's done; he's out of here. We did that even before you started reviewing us. We've recognized the problem. I think that helped Iowa. In this I, I do too, and I think it helped Brian Ferentz and Seth Wallace. I do too. I I mean, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about the Seth Wallace situation. I mean, I mean, we've both we've said. I'm. I guess I'm just a little. Hopefully, whatever punishment he's getting internally is fits. The crime because yep. I thought that was a pretty serious thing.
1: I, I did too and the, the best thing out of all that to me was Jack Hallenberg.er got his yes, has got his, his degree. degree. So he whatever the problem was, he rose above it and and that one and had nothing to do with done. racism. That N- just nothing. had to do with demeaning and bullying and being
2: mean to it's people. It's just BS. It just looks like maybe they had a little bit too much meanness and bullying going and maybe boy, maybe it did start with Doyle and trickle down. But I don't think Brian Ference lets Chris Doyle decide how he's going to react. Brian Ference is his own guy.
1: Oh, absolutely. For better or for worse.
0: Yeah. A lot of that is, you know, seriously, I think a lot of the meanness and everything
1: is sports. Well, I think a big part of it. That's sports. Part of it. Yeah. The the the, yeah. the
2: challenge is being able to know where the boundary is and when you start crossing over that. And boundary.
1: don't go from demanding to demeaning. Yes. And, and that's I, it's a line, uh, in a critical line. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When we take a little break and then we'll be back with uh, we'll finish. We'll have a half an hour to finish
2: strong. And will it unravel or will we build on this?
1: I think you know,
4: I think it depends on the callers.
1: And
0: they'll be very demeaning. It depends on the callers. <laughs>
1: 800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist. one 800 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today
7: car won't steer call premier premier automotive in north liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being eastern iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair use premier for all your auto repair needs brakes oil changes air conditioning diagnostics transmissions or preventive maintenance whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer See Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call three nine five zero eight hundred or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Your life is always changing, and a lot of things can affect how and what you save. So a good retirement plan changes with your life. At Wells Fargo Advisors, we believe conversation leads to financial clarity. So start a conversation today. Wells Fargo Advisors, together we'll go far. For information locally, call 338-3799 or 866-217-2369 or stop by 501 12th Avenue, Suite 201, Coralville. Wells Fargo
1: Advisors, LLC. Member SIPC.
7: You see the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer.
8: Deary Ford in Iowa City.
7: That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you.
8: Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. Dearyford.com.
7: Hi, this is Steve Anderson
8: with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time.
7: We're going to get through this together for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime. Find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry and watches. Our jewelers are on site so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for 3 generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City and hertineandstockerjewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim or Kate, one of us is always there. Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family-style breakfast Saturday Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyok home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Axiocin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Axiocin in the heart of Amana. The
8: Oxyokin.
7: From the Hurting
1: and Stalker studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City.
4: Hurting and Stalker jewelers, making memories
0: Here is your KCJJ forecast today. Partly cloudy up to 82 for a
7: high this afternoon. The wind today northeast at about 5 to 15. Tonight,
0: partly cloudy down to 62. Tomorrow, partly cloudy 83. Almost exactly like today except the wind tomorrow from the northwest at about 5 to 10. On Sunday, scattered thunderstorms with a high of 79. And then into next Monday, partly cloudy. Cooler, less humid. High of 74. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630. KCJJ, temperature now 70. Weather well, brought to you by the Westport Touchless Auto Washes at Walmart in Iowa City, Coralville's High uh, V, Hawk fan, f- Fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Trump and Biden. Hey, see that? I said both. Hey, hey uh, By the way, I admitted to uh, I admitted to Pat that I did hear a phone call come in on sixteen hundred uh, yesterday, and Todd got mad because the guy didn't answer it fast enough, and. He said he was cleaning the uh, cobweb off of the phone before he, <laughs> Come on. he picked up the receiver.
2: Harsh. Harsh, mean, yep. unnecessary.
1: Demeaning. 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 Come <laughs> on. You're like, <laughs> God.
0: It's... Is it okay to demean the other team? <laughs> Hello.
2: They're all white up there,
0: so <laughs> yeah, you're not, it's, it's not very... racial.
6: <laughs> yeah. Hey? How are you doing? Okay. Oh, I, I was listening to. A Hawkeye Nation podcast, and just for future reference, if you wanted to have somebody for a guest, uh, Adam Geddes was talking, and he was—he brought up the article Pat wrote about the about John Streif. He yeah. said, I don't know who wrote it, but he was like, I could go on for a long time about John Streif.
4: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. He meant a great yeah, deal to funny. those players.
6: And they talked to, talked about the dreadlocks and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I've because talked to Rob about it. Yeah. Dreadlocks. yeah, John Streif, like I said, it's been well documented. He had a lot to do with maintaining a real healthy culture mm-hmm. here for everybody, blacks and whites. For sure.
6: Yeah, I know my attitude's changed a lot about things when it comes to race over the last several months. I know I, I talked to one of my friends that's. He used to play for Iowa as a as a fullback under Hayden, and I talked to him probably for over an hour about it. And he was he was really thankful that I turned around and talked to him about it and tried to understand what things that that people go through mm-hmm. that we can never understand. He said, "I never went through anything racial at Iowa, but he's like when I've been since I." Ben in Des Moines, we both were, well, he was working at the gym that I went to, and he said, you know how many times I got pulled over either going to work or, or coming back from work and not having anything that I'd done wrong, no speeding, no headlight or taillight out? I
2: was mm-hmm. like,
6: I have no idea. He's like 26 times.
2: Wow. I've been pulled over twice. Once I was drunk, and the other time I was riding a moped on the sidewalk the wrong way. So both times I deserved to be pulled over.
1: I was pulled over uh, 11 times in one year when I was in the band. And you were drunk nine of them? I was not. Wow. And I was guilty of speeding every single
2: time. So you're just a habitual offender. I Did was you, a habitual were you, offender. Were you dangerous to society?
0: I was not. I was pulled over five times for speeding through nickels. I thought you were going <laughs> to say for being Jewish. No.
2: Not for being Jewish. <laughs> not for being Jewish. All right. Well. But no, Fair. you're. I mean, this has been a. I think this has been an eye-opening experience for a lot of people. It sure I mean, has. It really has. It's just made you kind of. Just kind of reassess where we are. I mean, we got to get better. I mean, if it can seep into the Iowa football program, it can
1: happen anywhere. I, this, this country is <laughs> racist. Oh, without question. That is,
0: that is our history. There is a, an excellent documentary on uh, Netflix called 13th mm-hmm. about the 13th Amendment. Have you seen it? Yes. It's damn strong. Yes. And it's, you know, uh, it's about the emancipation. Uh, However, they put the codicil in there, criminal. And so what you've got uh, over the years is law enforcement taking advantage of that, pulling people over for anything, incarcerating them. You you learn, among other things, that J.C. Penney and other companies uh, are going to these uh, state and private institutions and using their labor, the prisoners, uh, cheaper labor, labor than going outside uh, the country to produce their goods, and uh, it's it's big business. It's it it's, is, it's yeah. really
6: eye opening.
4: Yeah, no, it is. So,
6: so one one other thing I wanted to talk about the the pledge of allegiance. A lot of fans have talked about how if players start kneeling that they're going to you mean The national anthem in Iowa. The national, the national anthem? anthem. You mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know what I said, but will uh, oh, pledge of allegiance. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but the national anthem thing. I mean, if you just pay attention to the flag and look at the flag with your hand over your heart like you're supposed to, then you don't have you don't have to look at the players. You don't have to notice what they're doing if it's that big of a deal to you. I there mean you there's go. always gonna be somebody that you
4: No, disagree no, no I agree
6: with but there no you matter go. what it is. We saw all, the right. they
2: they all the NBA teams they agree. The NBA teams kneeled yeah. last night. The yeah, officials kneeled. You. Everybody did. Hey, thanks, thanks. we pre- always yeah. appreciate your call. Yep. Yeah. Hey, no, that's to, that's right. Eric Beck, remember Eric? Oh Virginia? sure. He sent me a link to a Sioux City Journal story from recently. Um Johnny Boland says his brother's Tommy's legacy endures even in the age of COVID.
0: And <laughs> in the age of COVID.
1: That's Johnny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just
2: this, they do this year, like we like our caller said, they do this thing every year where fans gather and what have you. And
1: what they call it Bolin
2: Fest? Uh Johnny Bolin is adamant that this will be the year in which he'll enjoy celebrating what would have been his late brother's birthday. You see, Johnny's brother was legendary rocker and Sioux City native Tommy Boland. For the past several years, Johnny had organized a multi-day Bolin Fest event to celebrate the life and enduring legacy of Tommy, who died at the age of 25 on December 4th, 1976. Wow. Years and years after his death, we began celebrating Tommy's birthday at Tony's Pizza with family and friends, Johnny explained. Then fest became this weekend Fest became this weekend festival at the icky nickel that attracted people around the country <laughs> and around the world. What a great name for a place. Do you like that, the icky nickel? <laughs> 44 years ago, he died. I, I became um, the organizer and host while would, still playing drums throughout Bowling Fest, he continued. Everybody else was having fun while I would be running around. I would have it at a bowling alley. But then he goes, there you go. <laughs> Due to concerns over COVID-19, the newly re-christened Tommy Boland 69th birthday bash has been scaled back a bit. While there will be two nights of fans' jams, open to everyone, acoustic jams between friends and guests on Thursday and Friday nights, the main show will take place from 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. Saturday at the Marquee, 1225 4th Street. Featured bands and musicians will include Bang Gang, Blue Moon, a Stevie Nicks tribute man, Christopher, Virgin Irish, Gallivant, Jesse Christian, Ryan Baker, and John Bartle. An all-star Tommy Boland tribute band, in addition to Black Oak Arkansas, the southern rock band oh, in which Johnny God. Bullen has been a member of for more than thirty years. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Re-
1: Johnny Bolin. Uh, part in Black of Black Oak, Oak. for yeah. Three, yeah. yeah.
2: For our calculation, that bill has eight separate bands. I'm
1: Johnny. Okay, blah blah blah. So. Well, he might have been drumming when we did backed him up in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> oh, I
0: bet you. No, he was, was there in Muscatine yeah. in the eighties. Uh,
1: sure Hello.
6: Yeah. Good morning. Morning. Uh, in this age of COVID, right? Right. Uh, if I see somebody and I wear no mask, I go up, I stand next to him, and I I fall real quiet. You think I could be charged with assault with the silent but deadly weapon?
0: What did he perhaps? Do?
2: Yeah. What did he say he did when he walked up to him? <laughs> Why? What Let's, does that have to do with that, not What God did he say? I could, he said he walked... You know, honest some, to God... you see somebody without a mask, he walks
1: up to yeah. him, and what did he say he did? Something about a silent and... De- could I be charged, or could he be charged with a silent and deadly weapon? You know... Oh, because he doesn't have the mask on. Yeah, but I, I, right. it wasn't a good call. No,
0: no, and you know, it's really nothing to make fun of or or to try to be clever about. I mean, there's, a, there's 152,000 people that are dead. And we, you know, we heard all the, the uh, opening statements uh, earlier this morning. Uh, and then uh, Jim Jordan, who was just one steaming pile Lord of ass, uh, brings up uh, the protests. And then somebody else, uh, Scalise, brings up drug abuse and how many uh, hundreds of thousands of people Die of drug abuse every year that's not true uh, every year on average fifty two thousand to sixty thousand people on average die of drug ob- overdoses that you know in the course of a whole year uh, in the course of going on five months, one hundred and fifty two thousand people have died,
1: and that's with social distancing yes.
0: And yeah, and yeah, and shut, shutting shut down, down, down and everything. For, what, for and and, and, and yeah. we really are going to be, this community and every other uh, college community, is going to really be financially devastated. Uh, if by, football doesn't
1: uh, happen. Well even, well, even if it, even, it, does. If it
0: have, even if we have football, we're not going to have a full stadium. Yeah. We're not going to have people coming in Oh, yeah, we're far definitely not going to have that. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to every single freaking one of us is going to be affected by this. Well, I've already been affected uh, yeah. Of course. Sports is really, and sports does branch out. Okay, people can say, well, you know, it's just football. It isn't. Mm-mm. I mean, it seriously is restaurants and hotels uh, and tax yeah. dollars uh, and uh, and clothing shops. Uh, uh, convenience uh, stores. Convenience stores. It is every body is going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. In property taxes and whatever well, to make up for this. and you
2: laugh about it when I say this, but even law enforcement, they're oh not gonna yeah, writing, they're going to deal with. I it. I mean, that's a business too.
0: Yeah, writing tickets and what have you. Yeah, it's
2: going to be. It's just going to be wide scale, and I'm just hoping it's that just we can nothing. all endure.
0: I just don't have any. I don't know what the guy was getting out. We well, I couldn't understand it? Yeah. you
2: know, I appreciate the. It call. It just wasn't
1: well thought out.
4: I don't appreciate and it wasn't bad calls. funny.
0: Oh, All
1: right.
4: <laughs>
2: that's your station. Yeah. I'm
1: just, you know me. No, I'm just you don't to want o- me to appreciate You know me. I'm just trying to get
2: along with everybody. You know I me. Know. I, I know. just live my life to get along with everybody. Stay
1: in your lane, Stay Hardy. Stay in your lane,
2: yeah. Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: It isn't dealing with the public. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of always hungry. You know, it
2: seems like I always leave. Now, I didn't leave hungry the other day because that's what you we were talking about, poop for most of the show. <laughs> Remember that? We went on the Nugent <laughs> thing?
0: Oh, you.
2: You remember that captain? Yes. Okay, we're not going there. This no, we will not, not be not going, going there. Not going down this, no. boulevard. No. No. So, but um but yeah, uh, the, did you watch the did you listen to the press conference live yesterday? Yes. On here or just did you guys have it on here? Did you Yeah, watch it we, on had, yeah we, we had it.
0: On. We had it on here. And I was surprised and I really was surprised. I'm not saying this as a dig. I'm saying it cuz it's sad cuz it wasn't on kicks, I see. You know, and they're, they're got a Hawkeye the Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they put it on? Cause I, there's nobody there. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. It really is. They No, they just no, still run know. on the machine. Do you really think it's that sad? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I seriously do. It's a, right. it's an outlet that's licensed to a community. So you're not one of these guys who's just going to kick somebody when they're down. You, you well, I, I respect I, you for that, Captain. I'll kick somebody when I think they're getting up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying <laughs> but when the KXL... they've already gone down, what's yeah. the sense of kicking? All right, All <laughs> good point. Right. He'll,
1: hello.
8: Yeah, this is that last
1: call. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, and we're not yeah. going to take your call. No, not today. Yeah, maybe some other time. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, did he cuss? <laughs> nope. No, no. I, I thought
2: he said this is the a hole. I think he did. I don't know. You guys are going to get hit with a thousand dollars. I thought he
1: said this is the guy. Yeah, I yeah. thought he it said. Was no, the
2: we guy. appreciate. I mean, I no. We, I mean. We love when people call in. It's a big part we of the do. show. We do, yeah. You know, I mean, I agree with Captain and Souter on this one. you got to at least... Bring it. Even our show has a level of decorum. Yes, huh, you, you got to
1: bring it or, or put yeah. down the phone. I mean,
2: talking yeah. about Ted Nugent pooping himself to stay out of the <laughs> Vietnam War is different than making light of COVID-19. It's relevant. It's relevant. But it's different than making light of COVID-19. Can we at least Yeah. Yes. on this? Yes, we yeah. can. I'm not going to make light of something. that I mean, it's just... We Something that's just destroying yeah, everything we yeah, have right now. These
0: idiot record people, you know, these guys go in a record studio and do satire songs, uh, putting COVID 19 mm-hmm. in there. And yeah, you're not going to, well, they're playing this in Omaha or some damn thing. And
1: no. yeah, i re- I don't want to hear a lot of songs about COVID 19. No, you know, I really don't.
0: We'll hear none. We, because we won't play, we will, won- I have at least turned down. Well, I'm gonna think I've uh, at least twenty. Yeah, at least twenty. What uh, songs about COVID nineteen? I've, I've seen a bunch of songs. them too. Instead of my Corona uh, you know, or Serona I mean. Okay, here, it's, it's Captain.
2: And COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen songs or um,
0: diary? Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> that, well, diary makes me sick. But will it kill you? I don't think it'll potentially kill you. You don't know that it won't. Well, so
2: you're basically saying... I
0: had to play it at one time, and then I had cancer
1: twice. So so. you
2: can't decide between (laughs) COVID-19 songs or
1: (laughs) Dread's Diary. What do you think of that, Tom? T.I.? I don't mind David Gates. Oh, God. I mean, I, he's one of those. I never oh, went out and God. bought the music, but his, his melodies were pleasant. Oh, Their harmonies were I awesome. would I was... give everything. Yeah, yeah. what about and... Gallery?
0: Nice to be with
1: you. You want to hear no, that? No, that's, no. Didn't like that song.
0: I got into it with Ross Wilburn at a table to table. And Ross was our mayor, and Ross is black. and I, yeah. And we were talking music. And I said, well, what's your favorite song? And he goes, truthfully, I love uh, uh, galleries. It's nice to be with you.
1: And I said, is that, oh, it's, it's so nice oh, to, to be with you. Are you I serious? Terrible song. I
0: did. I go, what the hell? There's
1: Terrible <laughs> song.
0: Awful song.
2: That is a terrible song. All right, that song or Message to You, Rudy, by the Specials?
1: Message to You, uh, Rudy, right. by the Specials. Uh, yeah. All right, there Easy. we go. There
2: we go.
0: Hello,
3: Everybody
0: wants Wuhan Coffee. <laughs> get, get out of here. <laughs> See now we're we're
2: asking for it. <laughs> that was Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. <laughs> yes right? it was. Yes. <laughs> Alright, that song or I Believe in Miracles. You sexy thing. Ooh,
1: uh, I yeah, believe that's a, in miracles. Well, was the first choice. Kung, Kung, Kung Fu, Fu fighting, fighting by Carl Douglas. Oh. God,
0: I would go with "I believe in miracles." You sexy thing. I was that. A, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a good. Oh, one. but
2: that's hard. Here's a good one. Mag- that's
0: brutal. Magna
2: magnet and steel, or I want to kiss you all over. Magnet, magnet and steel. steel. Okay. All right. That yeah. That's. I don't. Know, who sings "I want to kiss you"? all over"? Is that Exile? Exile? Uh-huh. Yeah. Exile. <laughs> what the hell do that's you know this stuff? I don't know. I, I told you I know a lot of bad music too. I just don't listen to it. <laughs> But I know a lot about a but lot. But you know the lyrics to most of them. It's amazing what I know. It's amazing what I know that won't get me anywhere in life. My brother warned me about that years ago. He was, oh God! A lot of every, inf- everybody, yeah. Yes, a lot yes. of this information you're gathering, Pat, it's gonna take you nowhere, and he was right. Here I am,
3: sitting
0: in the middle of nowhere.
3: Hello. I always thought Yellow River had a pretty good jingle
1: to it. Yellow River. Christy. It's that yellow river. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh, that sucks. Awful I have to hear song. it. It doesn't ring a bell. Oh, no, it's terrible. Worse than Georgie Girl? Terrible. Hey there, Georgie
2: Girl.
4: girl. <laughs> oh, Go on. on. Go on, yes. Pat. Uh,
2: worse. That's the only words I know.
4: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> no, you know, seriously, when I look over 56 years, man, I had to play a lot of crap.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did. Oh, geez. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you a lot of top 40 music, every era has some great, great, great music. Yeah. Yeah. And every era has some of the worst crap that you could ever imagine. They're all the same. I love
0: people that go, oh, today's music. Well, I could take you back to freaking 1960s. No, Yeah, Just a bunch of crap. Oh,
1: there
2: was crap. Yeah, no, awful sense.
0: I I will acknowledge that.
4: Hello?
6: Hey, I just got a question about actually sports and football. That's okay. okay, all
0: right,
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll excuse this one. Question. Stay in your lane, caller.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if there is actually Hawkeye football this fall, uh-huh. um, Pat and you guys, yeah, what expectations do you have for about Spencer Petrus and you know huh. the level that you know you think he might perform compared sure. to Nate Stanley? It's a good question. And Pat, I wanted to ask you if you knew that. Uh, Spencer Petras is a
2: deadhead. I did know that. I was actually – so. I think Rob Howe told me that a couple of weeks ago that he does a lot of – he lives up in – he's from San Rafael up near San mm-hmm. Francisco. So, yeah, I was aware of that. And the one thing Spencer Petras has going on his side is if you look back recently, first-year quarterbacks at Iowa have had pretty good years. They have. Nate Stanley was pretty good his first yeah. year. C.J. Bethard was really good his first year. James Vandenberg was really good. It's almost like teams eventually kind of figure out Iowa's quarterback but that first year. So I'm cautiously optimistic that if Spencer is given the chance to play, he's going to be your typical pro-style strong-arm guy. If he's got somewhat of a running game, a little bit of time, I think he's going to be able to throw a multiple array of passes, downfield, in the flats. He's got a strong enough arm. I think he'll do okay. Well, I, mean, I really do.
1: I do too. And, and he's got the best receiver yeah. core that we've had in a real long Maybe, time. Ever here maybe ever under ference yeah and he's got a great running back
2: and sam laporta is an emerging tight end and he's got two tackles that have combined to start over 75 games in college so there's a lot to like about spencer features his chance for success for reasons beyond just him he's got a great situation around him he is 6'5 230 he does have a strong arm so yeah i'm cautiously optimistic that there won't be a significant drop off at least from a yardage point of view i think he'll be able to i think he'll do okay
6: Awesome. I'm hoping the media or somebody comes up with some clever sort of Grateful Dead nickname. Well, code. you got
2: me thinking about that now. That'll be—I'll guarantee the first time I interview him, I'll—I may wear my Grateful Dead t-shirt to the press conference, and maybe that'll be the story I write. Because <laughs> I am aware that he does a—he does a lot of stuff on social media. I've been told, like, he'll do some stuff in recognition of the dead. So yes, I am aware of that. And thanks for pointing
1: that out. Pre- appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for the call. But yeah, he is a. And hearing some of the receivers talk about how it, that he throws a real catchable ball. Yeah. And he doesn't throw it quite as hard. Now the question is, will he be as durable as Nate Stanley?
2: Nate Stanley never got hurt. No, he was talented, extremely he durable. Hurt. Yeah, So that's one thing. That was one of the reasons Nate Stanley became one of Iowa's most productive quarterbacks is he never
0: got hurt. Hello.
8: Hey, guys. Great show today. Thanks. I just wanted to just tell you how much – you know, and I know you guys admire him, but man, Donnie's analytics are absolutely incredible. Yeah, they are. And what what an advantage for the Iowa football program to have Donnie. And I'm, I'm i guessing, agree. Yep. Pat you may know the answer to this. I mean, there's likely other programs that have, you know, someone that does something similar. Oh, there is and Don does
2: this stuff for he does it for K State. He does it for he did it for Bill Snyder, at Kansas yeah. State. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think every program has some type of Don Patterson analytic version.
8: Yeah, I, I just can't imagine any of them being better than Don. No, I can't now, either. I'll tell you <laughs> No,
2: I can't. He's, he's special. <laughs> he's terrific. He really is. Well,
8: hey, great show. I thank just you. wanted to point that appreciate out. Appreciate that. We're blessed to have blessed yep. to Don.
2: I agree. Yeah. I always like to relay that. Yeah, thank like you so much. To, I'll tell Don about that call. I like to tell <laughs> yeah. him that because I think our listeners really do appreciate Oh, I hear it all the time. What he says. I miss having him in here.
1: Well, it's a different thing. It's, it is so much easier when you're in studio he's together. He's more comfortable in here. Yes. Well, right now, you know, it's better to be on the phone probably. Oh, I agree. I mean, you yeah. guys are all right about the same age. You're all
2: right around 70. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, and I'm no spring chicken. I mean, you got Hunter out there. He's no spring chicken. So, yeah. I mean, Tommy Lang, no, no spring, spring chicken. chicken. No spring chicken. Molly, no, spring chicken. Molly's still yeah. spring chicken, but she comes in here with a mask. She She does. Does their
4: best. Well, we could
0: put you outside and run my courts. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. And then you deal with the turkey. We should do the show down by the river sometime. <laughs> mean turkey. Oh, down there's a mean turkey? Yeah, there is a mean turkey,
2: turkey out there. So would it come, if we did an hour long, a 90-minute show, would it eventually come out?
0: It uh, comes out of the bushes all the time. See, I would love to have Is him. it like the Field of Dreams, the I team coming the out of the corner. the same damn thing that chased me down when I tried to get my picture. T- yeah. <laughs> I tried to get a selfie with it. See, I'd like to have <laughs> can can have pissed. the turkey on the show, and then I would also like to go down to that house and interview
1: that horse and see if that, what that horse is. I did, he'll
2: talk like Mr. Ed? Maybe he does. I always
1: drive by there and smile
2: when I see the horse.
1: I actually saw somebody there uh, I couple a couple weeks ago. I did too,
2: and I've seen a couple dogs there. There is, there is human life there besides yeah. that horse. Yeah. So somebody's actually keeping well, that the horse alive.
0: Horse doesn't, yeah, the horse doesn't look like it's malnourished. No, no by no. any means. No. I mean,
2: so somebody's obvious. I don't think the horse yeah. feeds itself. Hello? Hello. Hey, Carn.
8: If if they have high school football, are they going to do a better job of uh, having the people in the stands than they did at this softball tournament? Because I watched that. and No social distancing, people all over each other, tons of people right next
1: to each other? It's a great question. We don't... It don't hasn't know, been determined.
2: I, I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff with the season was dependent on each individual school. Now, the state tournament's different, but there were some schools that stressed social distancing and mask wearing more. Well, we know it just from... Yeah. some. We didn't do some, some games at some schools because we weren't... Comfortable. We weren't, we weren't comfortable with the lack of social distancing. The state tournament, I don't know. I, I noticed a lot of those people, too, and I think what happens is during the heat of the moment... People forget about social distancing. Young kids gather together because they want to be a cheering section, yeah, yeah. and then they forget about all that stuff, and then, boom, there's the risk.
8: Well, the only people I saw with masks on is they had two real young kids, and they had masks on, but most of the other people there were no masks at all.
1: Yeah, I, yep. I don't know what to tell you, Karin. It's a problem, Karen, and that's why we're in
2: the mess we're in. And it's not going to get better until people – we're gonna catch-22 right now. I mean, we really are.
8: I mean, at the, at the university, if you have games, you can give them – uh, numbers to sit on, and they'll have to sit there, but that doesn't mean they'll stay there.
2: No, and then let's say I, they let in a thousand students, which I don't think they're going to, but and they social distance, but let's say it's a great game, and Iowa's getting Do you think those students are all going to, before no, the no, game's they're over, they're all, all going to be together. together. It's yes. just human Jump nature. That's going to happen.
4: Yep. So.
8: And Pat, how come you weren't at the uh, City High uh, Hempstead game?
2: Because I was up here in case the it, review thing broke. Oh, the
8: review thing. Yeah, thing I broke. mean, I just
2: I couldn't afford mm, to be in Des Moines. And,
8: Greg took over your job. Yeah, and he
2: did a good job. He did. And
8: he did a real good job. Yeah, but
2: I just couldn't afford to be um, down there, knowing that the story was still out there. Now and you I'd,
1: can't be in two places at once. Yeah, you know, if
2: the game was tomorrow, well, I'd be probably not? going with Ray. So, but no, I appreciate Greg stepping in. Greg's a great guy.
0: Okay, well, you guys have a good day. All right, Thanks, you too, Karen. Karen. And Bye. and we paid him with a the-
1: with beer, I guess.
0: A six pack of beer.
1: Only a six pack? God, That's he's great. a lot cheaper than me. Jesus, Greg. Thanks. God, for I
2: would have gotten him a case. Greg just, Greg's just destroying the value of my job.
0: Yeah. You, will you work for beer?
2: What, three tall boys and a. will work for beer. Three tall boys and a bag of chips.
3: Hello? Uh, I'm not sure if I necessarily know the specific uh, answer that I'm looking for, but. Due to all sports, um, or dealing with all sports, specifically Hawkeyes and Cubs for me, um, there will be an asterisk next to the season no matter what. So say there's 60 games, the Cubs end up winning the World Series this year. Is it that less valuable? If they, won, if they won the World Series. I mean, they're only yeah. an asterisk, but I'll it'll, still enjoy it'll it. It'll count.
2: I'll still enjoy it. I'll still say that's their second
1: World Series since 2016. It, absolutely, no,
3: and, and know, it will count. Sure.
1: You, you take what you can get. You can only play the games that are on your schedule. Exactly. That's all you can Posted, ever do.
0: Posted uh, in the chat room that 20% of the games are uh, canceled tonight because of COVID. 20%, 20% of, of the baseball games? Yes.
3: Yeah. But no, it wouldn't, so I wouldn't, like, it wouldn't uh, lose
2: any value for me.
3: So we would still hold... Uh, football national championships on the same level I as think, uh, you know a normal season.
2: Yeah, I mean, if a football team plays, wins a national title, winning eleven games instead of fifteen, I mean, it's not quite the same. But to uh, me, it, it doesn't, will
1: have an asterisk. It regardless. will have an
2: asterisk. Yes, I get that. But to me, it okay. still
1: will be a worthy accomplishment. Yes, absolutely, perfect.
2: But yeah, yeah it'll just, definitely uh, have yeah, an asterisk.
5: Conversation starter. Yep. Yeah,
2: Yep. But no, that's a good that's a good point. Mm-hmm. None of this stuff is going to I mean, whoever wins the NBA title, it's going to have an asterisk. It's different. But absolutely. Everything's different, unfortunately. 2020 is going to have an asterisk. 2020 sucks. It
4: sucks. Absolutely. It's Every just the freaking worst.
0: day of it.
1: I, I, I hate 2020. And it's hating us back. No, I had two or I had a couple great weeks in Hawaii and California. I didn't. I didn't. That was in January. And you put us at
2: risk. You brought your petri dish back here. Luckily we were able to survive. <laughs> Remember, I got sick in late February. You may have been the reason. You may have been trying to kill me.
1: I'd be more obvious than that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. true.
2: That's true. But no, it was God, that's that was. If tried six
0: to kill you, we'd open this uh, show up with gallery and it's nice to be with you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh, George ago. What about Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold?
0: <laughs> You know, uh, I
2: kind of liked
1: it. I, yeah, I didn't have a problem uh, with uh, it. Uh, 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 Actually, he was uh, uh, a, a pretty good musician. Uh,
2: <laughs> <good> and <musician>. uh, <laughs> that was that the song? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, See, I didn't know the words to that one, but I knew the tune and the harmony.
8: Oh, 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 what a lonely boy. I had a friend, I had
2: friends in high school who knew I had a real particular taste of music, mm-hmm. and they liked to be mean to me and get me upset, <laughs> so they would play crap like that and word, and sing it, and stuff and then I look like, at me i like to get you out well they would look at me and taunt me and like if a stupid really bad song would come on the radio we're driving to like baseball and they turn it up they crank it just start singing and looking at me and and unfortunately i was somebody who took the bait and would get frustrated instead of ignoring it <laughs> hello and so they won
3: can we talk sports again
2: all right oh boy fine <laughs>
3: Biggest problem with the sports season in 2020 is the asterisk in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stay Somewhere in your out. lane, fake Ackerman. <laughs> you
2: guys realize this is where I get grouped. What am, what am I right now?
0: <laughs> flaming I'm a flaming libtard. A flaming libtard dildo. <laughs> yeah, I do like that.
2: I know you did. You seem to get a lot of enjoyment out of that.
0: <laughs> Hello. I just
8: saw Pat at the YMCA.
2: I can guarantee you haven't seen me at the YMCA in years.
1: And I can tell you that YMCA is a deeply bad song. Oh, they were They were a horrible band. I mean, they I didn't like anything I about it. I did
0: them. like it when they made a guest appearance on Married with Children.
2: Yeah. I do remember that. I do not. <laughs> didn't they yeah. did not they have another song called like Young Man? Yes. Young man. Yeah. No. that no, that was YMCA. Oh, that's yeah, YMCA. They had, in the
0: Navy. In the Navy. In the
2: Navy, in the Navy. Yeah. You can sail the seven seas.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> God Donnie, where are you? Yikes. Where are you, Donnie? <laughs> oh
1: man. Any chance we can uh God it's t- it's <laughs> after ten thirty. Yeah. yeah. We're done. We're done. Hey, thanks again to Don Patterson for coming Uh, on. Yes. On short notice,
2: we always appreciate it. And like you said, Tom, hopefully, if we get a little closer, we'll start having him on more consistently. And we'll we'll hope. Let's just keep our fingers crossed, like Donnie said. Everybody Uh, else have a good, safe weekend. Yep. HawkFanatic.com. Check it out.